0: Hello. You are in for a treat this episode, especially if you're working through your lighting design and selections for your new build or renovation. My guest this episode is Craig Thomas, who is Managing Director of Caribou. With over 20 years in the lighting industry, he is super passionate about lighting and the impact that it can have on how our homes look, feel and function. And he's got loads of helpful tips to share with you. So let's dive in. Now, before we dive into the interview, if you're listening because you want to get it right in your home's interior design, well, let me take a moment to tell you about the online program, Interior Design 101. If you're like most homeowners I know, dreaming, planning and choosing the interior design finishes and items in your home, it's one of the fantastic and exciting highlights of any renovation or new build project. And yet it can also be a minefield of options, confusion and overwhelm. Would you like to simplify those choices and have total clarity and confidence that your interior design will help you create your beautiful, functional, feel-good home? Well, that's exactly why Interior Design 101 was created. Interior Design 101 is a self-study DIY program. It contains the full version of all the interviews that are included in the podcast season. I couldn't put all of the questions into the podcast, so we've got the full interviews in both audio and video format, plus extra content that's been specifically created for Interior Design 101. There's full transcripts of all of our interviews. There's also extra checklists, guides, design layouts, and so much good stuff to support you in the interior design of your renovation. New home or smaller project? This program has been designed to help you gain clarity and confidence in all those selections and decisions that you need to make for the finishes, fixtures, colours, materials, and items that you'll be living with every day. So, if you'd like to learn more about Interior Design 101, then head to www.interiordesign101.com.au, and that's the numbers, the numerals 101. So, Interior Design. 101comau and I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. Now let's kick off our episode and my conversation with Craig Thomas, Managing Director of Caribou. Caribou is a professional, dedicated and experienced team providing lighting solutions for residential, retail, commercial and industrial projects. Caribou's lighting consultants provide architects and designers with access to the best lighting products through their worldwide network of suppliers and manufacturers, and their products will perform both functionally and aesthetically in a way that fundamentally contributes to the overall design. Caribou are based in Brisbane, Australia, and they work directly with architects and designers, lighting engineers, developers and builders, wholesalers, electricians and homeowners. So for the UA homeowning audience, Caribou offer architectural interior and exterior lighting solutions to create a lifestyle that enhances your home inside and out. And they understand that each project is unique and personal and their extensive lighting collection ensures that they have a solution to suit your home. And if you do need help with your lighting design, they can do this too. Now, I've personally worked with Caribou for over over 13 years now I was trying to work out it's it's a long time and and uh, as a designer I've always loved how focused they are at creating fantastic solutions. When I worked at Mervac we would actually come to them with a specific style and an aesthetic that we were seeking for our projects and then we'd have a price point and a functional outcome and Caribou were able to come up with something suitable every time. They have incredible access to products and to components worldwide and that puts them in a fantastic position to do the same for you on your project. Craig Thomas, as I said, is the Managing Director of Caribou, and he has over 20 years in the business. He has a huge wealth of knowledge and experience to share when it comes to achieving brilliant results with your lighting design and selections, and we have packed a lot into this episode, so I do hope that you enjoy it. Let's listen now. Craig, it is awesome to have you here. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you about lighting and all things lighting because I know, I know how passionate you are about this topic and I know the wealth of experience and knowledge uh, and information that you can share about it. Can you tell us, you've been in the industry for over 20 years now, how, how did you actually get into it? Can you just share a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, It's great to be here, Amelia. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I've been with Caribou Lighting since I was 17, incredibly. So I think it's 25 years this year I've been with Caribou and uh, it's been quite the journey as you can imagine. And uh, I uh, literally started with Caribou straight out of school and uh, uh, started off at the bottom, started just in the office, uh, answering phones, making my way up. But I always had a drive to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to go further in the business and uh, uh, yeah, delve further into lighting as well and working with great, uh, great clients, great architects, designers. So it's been, it's been a great journey and I'm um, sure uh, a lot more, uh, lot more experiences to come.
0: I'm sure that you're living, breathing, sleeping, eating, lighting after doing it for (laughs)
1: that amount of time. Absolutely. Occupational hazard, when you walk into a shopping centre, you just look up and when you're at a home, you visit a house, all you do is look around and study the light (laughs) fittings.
0: Yeah, well, I can't wait to share um, some of your knowledge with the UA community. I know it's going to be brilliant. Let's dive straight in because we've got some, I want to go through some specific areas. um, But firstly, I find that what people are generally doing with their lighting is it can be quite intimidating to think about lighting design. You're so focused on getting the floor plan right, thinking about the floor plan itself, then to think about kind of designing a whole nother layer to that can feel quite overwhelming. It can feel quite intimidating to think about using a lighting consultant or a lighting designer of some sort. And so what I see is pretty much a stock standard response um, that can often be generated in conversations with the electrician or you know even just by looking around at other houses it's that let's whack down lights everywhere let's put a pendant over the dining table pendant over the kitchen let's look at how we're going to get lighting on our face in our bathrooms um, you know and maybe a chandelier in the staircase or in the entry void or something like that and you know, it's there's lighting can just be so much more than this. So, but it can also blow people's budgets because they don't necessarily handle it from a contractual point of view. They don't um, know how to navigate it and choose it well. So what tips do you actually have for homeowners with lighting design, just general tips that we can look at in terms of balancing that budget and the desire to get functional lighting that's actually going to work plus some of those those I suppose those really aesthetic elements that you can get from having feature feature lighting in your home
1: absolutely great question yeah, you know there's uh, i think the most important thing is to get uh, a lighting designer in early you know when you when you're starting to talk to your architect or you're starting to talk to your interior designer Get uh, you know, start to think about lighting from the get-go because there's so many opportunities. And if if you let the journey go too far, uh, you, you find yourself uh, you know with I guess ideas as the as the project comes along and it's and it becomes far too late. Or you might bring a lighting designer in, uh, you know, three quarters away, uh, you know, or, or as as the as the project is well underway, and all of a sudden somebody comes along with some great ideas around lighting, and it's just too late to run the run those wires and, and get those light fittings in uh so it's it's uh, and and you know the led lighting the the led revolution is is happening so fast there's just so many opportunities and they don't have to break the budget so many great opportunities with linear led lighting and uh, and what we can do with that and uh, how you know different different uh, different approaches to to kitchen lighting and bathroom lighting so it's just so much on offer uh and it's good to have somebody who lives it and breathes it, breathes it to uh, to sort of come in at, at the early stages, share share the journey with, and uh, we'll we'll get a great outcome and uh, make sure it uh, makes sure you end up with. Because lining is is so very important to to every every space, whether it be a home or a or a commercial space, it's just so important. We get it right.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice. And I think it's that it's that understanding of the fact that we're not just talking about something that's functional. It's like daylighting, the actual quality, temperature, you know, color of your lighting in those nighttime uses of your home can have a really big impact on the mood of how the space feels, but also how you feel in it, too, and whether, you know, it's going to support your health and well-being as well. So let's go through some of the areas we've talked on the podcast previously about kitchens and bathrooms. So I really want to tap your brain on some of the other areas that I think people think are probably less about when they're thinking about their lighting design because I know what is possible and I know from the projects that you share and the work that I've done with you just the complete potential of creating quality lighting outcomes in some of these areas let's go through your outdoor areas. so both the alfresco outdoor entertaining but also your gardens and your entry spaces what should you be looking at with your lighting design in these areas
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, landscape lighting is, is such a great way to transition the indoor space to the outdoor space. Uh, not to mention the wonderful effect of path lighting, you know, as we come up to the front door or exit out the back door and uh, get, into the, get into, the, uh, into the beautiful landscape. Uh, so outdoor lighting is, is, is also an important necessity to keep our home safe. Uh, so there's lots of different uh, ways we, we approach this, uh, uh, lighting through the gardens. Uh, if we've got some retaining walls, we can put some, uh, uh some simple, uh, little, little low level, low level lighting, uh, to sort of illuminate paths. Uh, another really great way is to use some in-ground uplights and uplight columns. And we do, we do that a lot as well. So, and again, for those sort of solutions, it's really important that we, uh, that we tackle those things early. So the electrician, when he comes to site, he can be running, running the conduits, uh, Getting, uh, getting the power where we need it and, uh, you know, then we can sort the rest out later. But uh, uh, outdoor lining, is, it's definitely a, uh, uh, you know, a passion for myself and, uh, and our team and uh, it really, you know, when you see the photos on, on Instagram and uh, through social on the website, outdoor lining is such a big focus for us.
0: How do you um, work with people to light their alfresco, their entertaining areas, so that they get that kind of functionality of, say, they've got all of their family over for an evening dinner versus just a couple of them sitting out there that it feels, um, you know, or, or even when they don't have anybody out there and they're sitting inside but they don't want outside it up like a Christmas tree, how do you, how do you get them to balance the thinking about their, uh, their alfresco lighting?
1: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, some you know, we do take the approach that there will be some spill lighting coming in from uh, from the indoor space as well. So we we take that into consideration. If the if the uh, alfresco area is being used, uh, you know, as a, as a uh, you know for uh, for a lovely evening dinner, uh, we do have the task lighting to go over the uh, over the table. That's that's so very important. But if it's if it's just sitting out there with a, a lovely glass of red. You know, let the let the uh, let the garden lighting do its thing and uh, you'll find the reflectance will, will spill into that space and you'll get a little bit of light coming through from the indoor space to the outdoor space. So, uh, again, like, like we'll see through with the, with the other areas of the house, uh, it's not one single approach that works. We, 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 we look at it from from multiple angles and, uh, you know, to, I mean, creating different scenes is, is so important.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I, to go back to what you were talking about with the garden lighting, I think it's really one of those challenging things when you are renovating or building is that your landscape design can often be the thing that gets cut from the budget, you know, when you've run out of money. And then the lighting, of course, gets dropped out with that. Um, You know, getting power into your garden spaces can require trenching and, um, you know, running conduits. So it's always better to at least get the cabling put in that you can then come and retrofit later. And I really love the idea of trying to keep your spend down generally in your garden, perhaps with some small stuff that you know will grow, but perhaps investing in one feature tree that, again, you know will grow and an uplight underneath it. And at night does a huge amount to kind of enhance it the drama out. doesn't it yeah, yeah.
1: it does and it, and it impresses the neighbors as well so the next door neighbors they, they love it they actually get to enjoy the benefits of it so it's always uh, it's always always good to uh, keep the neighbors on side as we know but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely just just up the uh, up lighting a couple of feature trees uh, but having the cable there is so important that way you can always add to it down the line and, uh, and if we can keep the, uh, keep the lighting to um, low low voltage, we don't have to worry about trenching. We don't have to worry about conjures. We can just run the cable through the garden or we can, uh, we can, uh, we can uh, coil it up and, and have it sitting there ready for when, uh, when the garden takes effect and we can add the lights in, uh, you know, in due course.
0: Yep, that's brilliant. And I think the key in all of that then is that it enables you to switch it on and off from inside the house rather than it being something that's happening outside. <laughs>
1: yeah, correct. And don't forget sensors and photoelectric cells as well, always all good things. Uh, and, you know, take the thinking out of, uh, you know, you can just have them come on at, uh, come on at uh, uh, you know, dusk and uh, turn off in three hours. And uh, that's, that just takes the thinking out of it for the homeowner as well. Very important.
0: Brilliant advice, Craig. Now, can we go through some information about living and dining spaces? So, obviously, these are spaces that you want to work functionally. You know, a dining table, I often talk about the fact that a dining table can go from being a, you know, particularly um, the time that we're recording this is middle of, you know, everybody's spending time at home due to COVID-19. So, uh, I imagine the dining tables have become a lot of uh, homeschooling and work-at-home spaces it's that a, they haven't necessarily been. Occasion, yeah. Yeah, so your lighting level for that's going to be very different to an intimate dinner party. And then you've also got your living spaces where you might want to be sitting around with a group of friends or for your family, but also then watching TV and that being comfortable of an evening. How do you get people to think about that? Because those spaces are often connected as well to the kitchen, to outside. Um, And I love that you touch on the fact that this is all about the relationship and the holistic kind of view. How do you work through that design process for a living and dining um, lighting solution?
1: Yeah, indeed. And the other thing to think about is sometimes the tables, particularly when, we, when we're when we from the get-go, we're not walking into a space that's already furnished. Uh, is the table actually going to be there? And that's definitely something to consider. You know, where is the table going to be? So, first of all, it's important that we get power to the location. So, when we design, we make sure the power is in the right location or in the vicinity of the area. Uh, the electrician can then make uh, make cabling uh, provisions there. Uh so, you know, again, we we look at a different a uh, couple of different approaches. We might have a decorative pendant or pendants over a dining table, uh, a lovely feature depending on the size of your table, shape of your table as well. Uh, we might go for a circular aesthetic or a square aesthetic or a, or a linear uh, aesthetic. Uh, then we uh, then we might have uh, some uh, complementing downlights around the outside. But we might also have some uh, uh, some wall lighting as well to just soften the uh, soften the feel uh, and the mood in the space as well. And uh, and again, if we sort of look next door to uh, the kitchen as well, uh, what happens over the kitchen island bench, plus what happens over the uh, uh, over the sink and the and the and the, uh, and the and the work station on that side of the house plus also through the galley. And so we might have three separate switching circuits that cr- and enables to, you know, turn turn them all off, turn the bank that's closest to the window, just leave the kitchen island on, or turn all of that off and just have the lights over the dining room table on. And, 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 and you yeah, it really does help set the mood. And if you've had, had a long day, you, you just want to dim those lights down and you just want to have just the bare minimum on, but you just want to be able to see and get through the house. So, yeah, setting those moods, I think, particularly in the, in the current you know, uh, state of the world, I think that's, that's, that's really important and, 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 and yeah, adds a lot of value, I think, to the home environment.
0: And how do you think about the living room? Because downlights can kind of feel sometimes a little bit harsh if that's the only lighting source in the living room. How do you look at that? And also, I see people then go and put wall lights either side of their television, but then that can sometimes make watching TV difficult. What are your recommendations with thinking about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what we what we also do is maybe even use the the you know the uh, benefit of a table lamp or a floor lamp in the corner, a little bit of uplight, little bit of indirect lighting. Uh, if we're designing from scratch, um, we have a large living room space. Again, downlights are very harsh. Um, I've got downlights in my living room. I actually almost never use them. Uh, but uh, so uh, having some cove lighting in the space and and just allowing for a little bit of indirect. Uh, the other important aspect to uh, these spaces is dimming control. So enabling, you know, sort of be able to turn those lights down, have a few different switching circuits as well. So again, we might have some wall lights, we might have the floor lamps, we might have, have the down lights if we're reading a book. Uh, so having them all on separate circuits enabling us to create different scenes in the uh, in, in the room is, is so important.
0: Can you explain to people what cove lighting is?
1: Yeah, certainly. So cove lighting, you, you, you'll need your builder involved. Uh, essentially, the the lighting uh, sits up inside a cove, and we end up with a uh, end up with a uh, with a with a false ceiling essentially around the outside, uh, with a with a higher set uh, section in the centre. Uh, what we can then do is uh, run some linear LED along the perimeter of that space, and 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 throw some lighting from uh, from an indirect perspective, so it hits the ceiling bounces back down and just creates a really nice soft glow, and it's a it's a really good way it's, a, it's much more comfortable than down lights and uh, it's a really good uh, it, yeah it's just a really nice ambience and a nice feel in the space
0: yeah i spoke to an interior designer an american interior designer on the podcast about um feng shui but she was also talking about the fact that the ceiling is the like the fifth elevation of a room that we often forget and um the fact that You know, I think that when we do put down lights into it, it actually makes the ceiling very difficult to look at. But if you do do that cove lighting or the coffered ceiling using the lineal uh, LEDs, you can almost make it another feature and focal point in the room whilst functionally lighting the space as well. It's quite a a whole nother layer of design, isn't it?
1: Definitely. And... Downlight's also very much a point source so you know they're very very sort of harsh on the on the on the horizontal plane what they also do is create a bit of a cave effect on the ceiling so they darken that ceiling so it actually brings the effect that the the ceiling is lower than what it is throw a little bit of light from whether it be from the walls or from the cove throw that up and it actually makes the space feel larger and uh, that's that's really important yeah. that's a
0: great tip Craig mm-hmm. um can we talk about staircases because I see these are a really um, I love it when staircases are done well. I actually had one of the members of my online courses did, she just finished her home and she did this beautiful detail in her stair balustrade where she had some lineal LED lighting in underneath the stair balustrade. It was quite a nice wide um, handrail. And so what that was doing was washing light down the wall onto the staircase. It was so discreet, but it looked so dramatic at night that when it was all lit up was beautiful. And, and it it didn't take a lot of extra budget to do that, just obviously extra thought and planning in the design stage. And we forget that like, again, we just look at what can we do from the ceiling, but the stairs to, you know, functionally at night to be able to light across the stair tread itself is a really fantastic asset. How do you get people thinking about what's possible in their? St- I mean, these staircases can be a beautiful sculptural element based on the way that you use lighting. How do you How do you get people to think about that and what opportunities they might have?
1: Yeah, I guess we just go through that process of okay when we're transitioning from from spaces when we're leaving leaving the downstairs area. One, we can have some lighting control to uh, be able to press a button and the lights will turn off in a minute or or two minutes, which is a really nice touch. Uh, so we can do that with a little bit of lighting control. And uh, so then we want to say, so we, well, we want to get you upstairs into the master suite and the bedrooms. Uh, again, it could be sensor control, but it could be, a, you know, it could be a two-way switch. That's the uh, that's the other and uh, uh, other little uh, little trick as well. So uh, having having little step lights every every two or three um, steps going uh, going up. And uh, this, because of LED and because of the compact nature of LED, there's so many opportunities in terms of aesthetics and shapes and and the way the LED works. We can have it coming out of a very very uh, minimal slot. We can have it with a glass diffuser and just sort of pushing light out across the treads. Uh, what we can also do is conceal some uh, linear LED underneath the. The the, the, the uh, stair tread above to wash down onto the one below. Uh, we've done some amazing uh, homes because a lot of homes, particularly the higher spec homes, have now floating staircases, which is a beautiful effect. And uh, so being able to sort of integrate something into the actual stair tread itself, just just outstanding. And then to complement all of that, particularly if you've got a window up the top with uh, with a beautiful uh, you know uh, yeah pendant of some sort. Uh, something with a bit of volume and something that, again, perhaps the, the people coming to the house can see through as they come from the outside of the property. Yeah, uh, yeah it's always, uh, that's, that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah I love that you mentioned that because I find that the pendant in the staircase can actually be, particularly if you're doing a compact home, um, stairs are this great opportunity to kind of get a sense of volume through the house and that vertical connection through the house. You add in light from the top during the day, you get this lovely kind of light well into the guts of the floor plan, but if you add that pendant it immediately guides the eye up to look through the verticality of that space. And and I love sense that. that. volume Yeah, mm-hmm. and sense that volume get us, which immediately expands your feeling of the home, because all of a sudden it's like actually this home is a lot bigger than I thought, because there's this whole other space that I can't see. Um, but that idea of the fact that you can have the pendant being kind of this display element, so that when you're coming home at night, it can already be on and you can see through from outside, or it can just be a sculptural element that's part of what your house looks like from the street. Um, there's so many layers, isn't there, to think about with how this light can perform for you
1: absolutely so many layers and and, and that's what it's about as we mentioned before they creating scenes and having not just one one solution to, to to you know you know all in one solution it's just not going to be that and uh, i think that uh, the client gets that payoff every every night for as long as they're in that house and uh uh so often i think we've we've seen houses you know the thought has just not been applied to lighting and it's always the first thing to get chopped. Whereas it should be the thing that, uh, you know, the element of, uh, of a design and a build that, you know, should be, uh, you know, uh, devoted enough time to, to make sure it's done right. Because what do you do? You come home, you've got artwork on the walls, you've got all your beautiful family portraits, you want to be able to light that space. And you want to come home and, and away from the office where it is very clinical lighting, you know, the, where the color tep- yeah, the color temperatures uh, aren't exactly the best. Uh, you know, you want to come home to, to a space where you just want to sit back and enjoy and relax and, and feel like you're in a, you know, in a beautiful hotel somewhere. Transform yourself to another space.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think at the very least, if you can't budget for it all up front, then running the cabling, getting that marked on a plan so that you can come back and retrofit is so much easier to do during construction than trying to do that after you've finished. So... All right. Now, I'd love you to talk through some of the technology aspects because the technological advances are pretty rapid in lighting these days. And, you know, you just mentioned that thing of being able to press a switch and lighting going off in one or two minutes rather than it just going straight off. You know, all these little, the sensors, the tricks that we can use and include to get lighting being super functional for us. What are your thoughts on how technology advances are actually changing lighting and lighting design for us?
1: Yeah, I think it's just, I think the biggest thing at the moment, say 2020, is is the control of lighting, and we all know we see, you know, the Alexa, the Siri, uh, the Google Assistant to, you know, Google Home to be able to come home and just go, you know, uh, a bit like the <laughs> clapper, you know, but it's it's, 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 we've gone further than that, you know, and we can actually just walk into a room or, or actually have your device on you and, and uh, through geofencing, actually approach the house and know uh these These systems know that it's you that's walking into the house and they know what your preferences are and uh, you have the lights come on to your last setting or know that that's your bedroom in the back corner and, and that you you know you when you walk through the house the hallway lights come on the kitchen you know goes to its setting, and it knows you walk into the uh, into the into the bedroom and I think that's what these technology companies are uh aiming to do is control the home. The car, the office, and and that's happening right now. And uh, uh, but yeah, from a from a lighting perspective, that really uh, that can really help us uh, uh, make good decisions around uh, uh, you know different systems that we use, and uh, you know, and what sort of control uh, opportunities there are when, when designing. It's 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 really an exciting time.
0: Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that some of that technology is actually not very expensive when it's included up front either. So it's, I suppose, it's the level of automation that you want to have in your home. How do you, you know, thinking about what you can do to future proof it and doing that all at the design phase whilst it's very easy to integrate? So, but that's, well, I mean, that's I actually,
1: con- yeah. I, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, I actually, have the discussion often with designers and and you know developers and, and uh, private clients uh, uh, along the lines of uh, you know our 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 children now you have got you've got young children I've got young children they they know about the light switch on the wall however their children will very much likely not know anything about a light switch you know it's it's like when we talk about you know going up to the tv and turning the knob to change the channel like our you know Almost we you know we don't know about that but our, our kids certainly don't know that concept and uh, it, it'll just be how, how the technology and how, how, uh, uh, how it all evolves we, we just won't have light switches on a wall. We will just tell our system to you know uh, turn our lights down or close our blinds and it'll be this whole integrated environment.
0: Yeah, I love. I mean, amazing. it's that, that thing of you'll spend fifteen minutes looking for the TV remote rather than getting yes. up and walking and just pressing yes, the button. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah. So we'll, we'll have the same thing with our lighting design. But that's I, right. Yeah, I love. I mean, I th- it was also newfangled when we could do that thing of keyless entry into a car, and you know, so the fact that we can do this kind of keyless lighting design lighting operation as well is going to be really, really interesting as well. That all you have to do is have your phone in your pocket and your home knows how it needs exactly. to be so yeah. your roll
1: will go up as you approach the house and uh, it'll all start there and the air conditioning will come on it's it'll be a 100 percent integrated environment which is uh, which is amazing yeah. yeah
0: i was chatting to um evan montero from diy blinds and he was talking about the fact that yeah they're working on technology at the moment where all of your blind settings will be all organized and you know all of that remote Operation as well. It just means that if you go away, you know, you can do all of that remotely. It's just, yeah, it's just fantastic. So, On this idea of lightings not being what it used to be and that not being what it's going to be for our kids, obviously, you know, I remember sitting in Mervac meetings kind of 15 years ago and uh, talking to construction about the fact that the owner might never have to change a light bulb again or, you know, and then being very concerned or, okay, what if they do need to change the light bulb? How are they going to go and find it? Are they going to be able to just walk into a hardware and buy it? it can be quite confusing these days if a light fitting does go weirdly for you um because it's to just go and find what you need to what are your thoughts on all of this kind of stuff and the you know the hours of testing that we have on light bulbs these days the operation those kinds of things mervac we had a rule where we weren't allowed to install a light fitting over a specific height because it meant that a homeowner would need to get professionals in to change the light bulb
1: like Definitely.
0: What are are your recommendations with how homeowners need to think about this in terms of the maintenance of their lighting long-term?
1: Absolutely, uh, I think it's I think it's really important. Uh, well, first of all, to uh, yeah, not mount not mount light fittings, you know, uh, above you know probably four meters. You can deal quite comfortably, uh, uh, you know, below four meters. But once it gets above there, too often we still see uh, voids uh, where there should be a pendant coming down or handling it with with lower level lining uh, where they've got downlights, you know, seven meters up in the air and just completely uh, unmaintainable. Uh, so that's that's sort of that part of it. Uh, in terms of the light fittings themselves, I think it's really important that because uh, a lot of the light fittings now, uh, particularly your day-to-day downloads, are all integrated. So there's no, there is no bulb. There is no light to change. There's no lamp to change. Uh, the initial positive of that is uh, the, uh, the, the power supply that comes with the light is probably what's going to fail, not the LED chips so what happens is the driver is actually designed for the chipset that's inside that light fitting so the the, uh, the the LED chips essentially won't fail and what's going to fail is the driver uh, but on that point you know there's 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 uh you know like everything you know the quality the quality spectrum is is far and wide so i guess dealing with a reputable company Paying that little bit extra, up, you know, getting the cheapest that looks the same isn't getting the isn't getting the same at the end of the day. So there's, there's a lot of products that all look the same, but you know, there's a lot of electronics that sit on those on those um, circuit boards, and uh, you just need one little part to fail, uh, and uh, and the whole the whole thing is cactus. So uh, probably start with that. We uh, uh, we we use as many replaceable lamps as possible. We have some some lovely sort of local air downlights that do have replaceable lamps. Uh, probably not the top you're going to find at Bunnings, but at least at least you can you know make a phone call, or get in touch, and we can send you you know replacement lamps, or replacement drivers when needed. But there are also still LED technology, what we call the GU10 base or so the E27 or Edison screw base, which are all LED. And uh, you know that can be replaced, you know, simply by the homeowner. So there's a number of different, uh, uh, number of different approaches there and different technologies. But uh, the integrated LEDs is 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 where it's where it's probably heading more and more. And uh, uh, it's just you know, int- you know, good to be conscious to you know focus on getting a uh, getting a quality product. And you know, price shouldn't be the shouldn't be the ultimate driving factor. Value should be the driving factor.
0: Yeah, it's a good tip, and I think it's that thing of even just having in mind, okay, should something go wrong with this light fitting? How are we going to get it out and replace it? Um, Because it could be that you just get a massive power surge to your house and, you know, whatever circuit breakers you've got for some reason don't work. And, you know, there's, there's could be a multitude of reasons why I could get water damage, whatever. So it's that thing of, okay, what's it going to involve for us to get this out and replace it and planning with that in mind so that, you know, it's something that you can accommodate down the track. So, but I love you sharing all of those because people wouldn't think of, I know lots of people go well, why is this LED light fitting, you know, $200 when I can get it at Bunnings for 35 and it looks exactly the same. And you're right, the technology that drives it is going to be the thing that fails. And so, yeah, just making sure that you're buying quality components and, and getting something from China and getting something from China is not necessarily the same thing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so-
1: exactly, exactly. And, you know, some people are actually even purchasing directly from China through eBay and, and uh, you know Alibaba and things like that. Problem with that is they're actually not Australian approved either, and that can be a really dangerous, uh, have real you know, uh, catastrophic effects if you you know you burn down your lovely new house. That's uh, that's not going to be a good thing. So uh, you know, buying local, and uh, although the product may be coming from China, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, because again, there's there's China and there's China, and it's uh, it's important that uh, you deal with a brand uh, and, and a company that's been around for a long time who uh, can guide you through the process. Back it with a good warranty as well. And uh, which which uh, should include a um, an on site uh, warranty on on site service for a period of time, and uh, to get you through that that initial uh, you know twelve month period, and uh, and then you know the extended warranty through typically three years for for homes. Um, you know it's a, it's a really good uh, you know it's it's really good to know you've got somebody in the background that's there to help.
0: Oh, such awesome advice, Craig. So can you just perhaps explain, because people can work with Caribou um, to get help with the design of their lighting, and I know you guys are super helpful. Um, you know, the UA community um, know you guys well if they've listened to Season 3 of the podcast because uh, you have a security company, a Kiko LED, and um, you sponsored that season of the podcast, and um, I know lots of UA community members have loved using those Kiko LED lights in their homes. How, how do you go through the process of this lighting consultation, lighting design? What does a homeowner do to tap into it? Um, how do you kind of sh- hold their hand through that process without it feeling intimidating? We're going to talk a little bit more about, I have a particular member question that I wanted to talk with you about in terms of lumens and watts and all that kind of stuff. How do you help people wrap their heads around that process and the lighting design and the opportunities available? If you could just talk us through yeah. that in a bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's obviously multiple channels that we work in different verticals from from architects, designers, uh, they have their, uh, they've got their, um, their, their priorities and what they're looking for out of a design. There's developers who are obviously looking for a return on investment for the most part, and how do we handle that type of client? Uh, probably focus around the homeowner. They just want the best outcome, you know, for the best value. Not necessarily always about the the cheapest price, which is great. They just want, but they 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 want to, as we mentioned before, future proof their design. Thing, you know a solution that's uh, that's lower maintenance. So what we do is we, uh, we 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 tend to meet with the client, or we we can do it remotely because we have clients who are in Melbourne, Sydney, Western Australia, New Zealand as well. Uh, we can uh, we can work with those clients remotely uh to uh to yes go through the plans, get a bit of a design brief what you know in their mind what what are their what are their focus areas and there could be there could be a man shed that's attached to the house so there could be the the basement where he's where he's got his you know seven you know seven supercars sitting under there and so how we how we approach that basement would be vastly different to how we approach somebody else's garage and we did a wonderful house down on the gold Coast where we uh, uh again used a uh, 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 longer linear profiles over 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 a couple of Porsches and which were recessed into the into the plasterboard ceiling. It has had an incredible effect, and uh, and you'll see the photos on Instagram if anyone wants to visit. And uh, so yeah, it's going through that process. It's it's getting the design brief, and then we will actually handle the lighting design. Create a uh, a schedule of luminaires so the client gets to see exactly what each light fitting is in, and and each light fitting on on every page goes back to the lighting design. It's all type numbered, everybody knows a D one is a D one on the on the schedule, which then carries over to the uh, quotation as well. So. Everything's very transparent and easy to understand. And uh, and then we uh, then once we once we get consensus on the design, the, the the luminaires, and we're we're happy with the budget, we can then actually work in. We don't we don't stop there. We don't end there. Uh, particularly for the more local jobs, I guess we uh, we have uh, we have site. Uh, uh, liaison, liaison as well, where we uh, meet with the electricians on site, meet with the client on site, do walkthroughs, uh, make sure the electrician understands what he's installing. So because a lot of the time, the electricians, some of the products that we do, they don't really understand, you know, perhaps the installation or or what some of the more technical terms, uh, you know, things like constant current or. Uh, wiring in series you know they just want to sort of plug a light in and, and be done so we we bring a few uh and and i guess what's what else is important is we treat every room individually uh, for the house so we don't just go okay it's, you know, it's 200 down lights in the room as you've probably gathered from the story so far <laughs> that's that's not the approach but so we look at every room individually and say okay the laundry how can we best light that 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 yeah, serves its purpose best so we might have we might have 30 different light fittings on a uh, incorporated within the design, and uh, each one of those light fittings, you know, serves its purpose.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, I wanted to throw a question to you that's a bit left of field, but I see that people really struggle when they're getting the. They're getting through their lighting design and then they're trying to think about these feature lights and choosing them. And they get kind of worry, and even wall lights, anything that's expressed, anything that's visible as a light fitting. And they start to worry about how matchy matchy do they need to be, how much of the same kind of aesthetic or type. They get frustrated that they can't find a dining pendant that's exactly the same family as the kitchen pendant how do you kind of uh, take people through if they're not working directly with an interior designer or an architect because I find that interior designers and architects can be really handy in sort of navigating those choices in particular how do you work with homeowners to think about okay how do you think about all these different pendants you might have a stair pendant uh, something in the dining table you know you know, how to getting the aesthetics to work of that without it feeling too disconnected to like they're going to clash with each other or compete with each other how do you recommend people kind of build that sort of sense of style and aesthetic relationship with those selections?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely one of the challenges we face as well. You know, we uh, we don't have every single light fitting in the world uh, available to us, but we although we've got a very large selection but uh, I, I guess we take it back to where are the areas that we want to put the emphasis on? What, what's where's is, where's is this feature light going to work best? Is it going to work best over the over the dining room table, or is it better that we you know create an expression over uh, a very long kitchen island bench, which might be five or six meters long? So a lovely uh, perhaps linear light over the over the uh, kitchen island bench could be good. Uh, so and then when it comes to the wall lights as well uh again we try and we try and keep in with perhaps the the uh the the, uh, the aesthetic that's going through the house so it could it could be in relation to the to the pendant that's over the dining room table they don't have to be exactly from the same family but if it's a if it's a square profile that's over the kitchen island bench maybe we complement it with some square uh up and down wall lights uh, that that flow through which might then carry on through to the stairway uh or the staircase as well we might uh, we might keep that aesthetic. Uh, so where we uh, where we might use round fixtures, we might use a round step light, and uh, we that's how we yeah, that's how we approach it. But pendants, you know, everybody's got their their idea, everybody has their favourite, or or what they have in their mind, which they may have seen in the magazine or Pinterest is a really good. Uh, uh, really good, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, website to to utilize and gather up the the ideas, and and probably that's how people approach it with us. So we saw this on Pinterest, we saw this in this magazine. What can what can you do? What can you do, uh, Caribou, as a, as a suitable alternative to that, or something similar to that, and uh, and uh, and away we go.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice, and I think that that thing of thinking about how can these light fittings connect to each other with a sense of kind of belonging to the same sort of having a similar relationship but it might be through geometry it might be through some you know material like if you're using metal of some co- a color or a timber of some type copper or,
1: or brass or something like that we can carry that through yeah 100 yeah
0: there's lots of different ways they can relate to each other so it is that thing of liberating yourself from thinking okay i've got the big pendant over the dining table i need the baby version over the kitchen bench you know
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. yes, exactly
0: <laughs> you can be a little bit yeah a little bit more adventurous than that so so yeah that's right so I can't thank you enough Craig it's just been a brilliant conversation you've just jammed in so many gold nuggets for people to think about with their lighting design I'm really excited by lighting I think that there's just such beautiful potential I don't think I'm anywhere near as excited about as I know you are from all the years that I've known you for so (laughs) you're one passionate man when it comes to lighting so yeah and I just uh, oh yes so grateful for your time and your generosity and uh, all of the knowledge that you've shared. So I really appreciate it.
1: It's been wonderful being here and uh, look forward to catching up again soon and stay safe and stay well. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon.
0: Cheers. Wasn't that awesome? I think you can tell how passionate Craig is about lighting and about helping homeowners get a beautiful and functional result in their lighting design. There is just so much that's possible. And when you think about it early in your design phase, you can make it so much more affordable. And really, it means that you can factor in the capacity even if you don't have the budget now so that you can add in the extra lighting later for much lower costs than if you think about retrofitting it after the fact. So make sure that you jump on your lighting design early and it's always helpful to get some expert input like uh, with the likes of somebody like Caribou who can just make such a huge difference to the quality outcome that you achieve. Now remember to head to the show notes you can learn more about how to get in touch with Caribou and how to get help in your lighting design and you'll also find a link to learn more about Interior Design 101, the self study online program that will help you gain clarity and confidence for the interior design of your future home. Now, inside Interior Design 101, Craig uh, actually answered some additional questions that I just couldn't fit into the podcast. These included how to provide creative and functional lighting solutions for your bedrooms. And he went through some really great tips uh, about subtle lighting that really helps with nighttime navigation through these spaces and creates a really great effect and uh, things that you can do very low cost to really make a big difference in your master bedroom, your ensuite, your walk-in robe, and in the kids' bedrooms. And we also talked about some of the assumptions that people make about lighting that he finds is regularly busting. And then he also took us through in detail how to choose the uh, correct lighting based on uh, things like lumens watts and other metrics that describe uh, lighting types so I actually had a member question that I put to him a member of one of my programs was trying to choose a specific light fitting and she was doing it online and couldn't sort of work out the metrics so he took us through what to think about for your kitchen for your living spaces and what kind of lumen levels you should be seeking to achieve the bulb type those kinds of things so that questions inside interior design 101 now, you'll also find full transcripts, videos, checklists, guides, and so much good stuff inside that program to help you with the interior design of your renovation, new home, or smaller project. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking with Jessica Baleff. Now, amongst other talents and roles, Jess is the author of the most amazing book I've seen in a very, very long time called Individual. And when I read it, it felt like such a breath of fresh hair in the world of interior design and styling. And she's going to be sharing some brilliant styling advice with us to help you create a home that authentically reflects you and is a place that you can love and evolve in. As always, huge gratitude to you. Thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.